Hold your Bibles up real high. If you don't have a Bible, just raise your hand up and say, this is God's word. Come on, say it like you mean it. This is God's word, not Pastor Evans' word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I'm going to have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly confess that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you because this is a day that you have made. We choose to rejoice and be glad. As we are here, Father, to hear the word of the living God. We thank you today that our hearts are ready to receive. Our lives are ready to be changed. And we thank you, Father, for the spirit of God which is here to lead us and guide us into all truth. As I have decreased, I thank you for the anointing of God to increase, to teach and feed your people the word of the living God. And we thank you that as we leave this place, our lives will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. We are continuing our series entitled Multiplied Ministry for Multiplied Manifestation. Say that with me. Say Multiplied Ministry for Multiplied Manifestation. Now the focus of this series has been putting God's kingdom first and increasing our service to God by being involved in our local church and in the body of Christ. Now today's lesson is designed to help each of us see that we do not need to be perfect for God to use us. Although we have been bruised, God still wants to use us. So today's lesson title is Bruised to be Used. Say that with me. Say bruised to be used. Now turn quickly to the book of Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. And I pray that this lesson will encourage you and will strengthen you because unfortunately one of the tactics of the enemy is to convince people that their past is too bad for God to use them. Some people feel that they have to get their lives 100% in order before God can use you. And I'm here to tell you this morning that is a big fat lie by the devil. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 18. And here's what we're going to look at. We're going to look at what, what I call one of my spiritual heroes in the Bible. This particular individual not only was very successful in what he did for Jesus, but he also was a big failure at the same time. Or he failed. He didn't necessarily was a failure, but he failed. In Matthew chapter 4 verse 18, if you're there, say I'm there. And here's the point I want to make. So if you're writing or taking notes, you can write down the first point, and it is this. God's will is to use everyone to work in his kingdom and to make a difference in someone else's life. God's will. Everybody say God's will. God's will is to use everyone to work in his kingdom. And then while we're working in the kingdom, he wants us to make a difference in someone else's life. I need you to see the kingdom of God as a family business. God is the owner of the business and he's the father of us all. And what he wants us to do as his children is to get involved in the family business. And there's nothing like a family 
who's able to get their kids involved and work in the business and watch this leave a legacy for generations to come. And God wants us all to work in the family business and the family business is called the kingdom of God. Amen. Now in Matthew chapter 4 verse 18, I want us to look at something here. Uh, in verse, let's start in verse 18. It says, and Jesus was walking by the sea of Galilee. He saw two brethren. What was the first brother's name? Everybody say Simon. Simon called Peter and his brother was named what? Andrew. And they were casting a net into the sea for they were fishers. Verse 19. And he said unto them, this is Jesus talking, follow me and I am going to make you what? Fishers of men. Let's see what happened. In verse 20, they straightway left their nets and they did what? They followed him. And so we see that Jesus' purpose and will for these two brothers was to make them fishers of men. And anytime God calls you into the kingdom, he has a purpose for you. And one of the, watch this, one of the jobs of his children working in the family business, he wants to make all of us fishers of men. And so Jesus looked at those two and he said, you know what? I want to make you fishers of men. And they begin to follow Jesus. Now go over to the the book of Colossians chapter 4. Colossians chapter 4. Because I need you to see that it is God's will for you to work and do something in the kingdom. And doing something in the kingdom, it may be equal to what someone else does, but they can't do it like you do it. Philippians, all you got to do is find the book of uh, Philippians and then you'll find Colossians. Colossians chapter 4, and let's look in verse 12. Watch this verse. It is God's will for everybody to do something in the kingdom. Look in verse 12. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, he salutes you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers. Watch this. That you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. Notice he said that this guy was praying that they may may be perfect and complete. Watch this. In all the will of God. So God's will has something for you to do. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor. God's will has something for me to do. Now, I want to read that out of the message translation. I thought this was real good. It says, Epaphras, who is one of you, says, hello. What a trooper he has been. He's ty- he has been tireless in his prayers for you, praying that you'll stand firm, mature, and confident in everything God wants you to do. In other words, God has something to, for you to do, and when you do it, you need to do it with all confidence. If your job is to fold the bulletins, you need to fold them like you know what you're doing. You can't fold them like you don't know what you're doing now. Because if you do that, people are going to wonder, do you know what you're doing? But when you know that what you're doing makes a difference. See, a ministry is like an airport. The airplane is, 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 is is the ride. That's the service. That's where we're trying to go. The airplane is. And everybody has a role. Have you ever been in an airport and you see all the little trains and, the, and everybody, somebody's loading luggage and somebody's doing. See, that's everybody's part in the church. Now, guess what? What if the guy who holds the little flashlight with the orange on the end, what if he, what if he was at lunch and he wasn't doing what he was supposed to do? The plane can't take off. Although the pilot has the ability to drive, although the pilot is in his spot and all the passengers are on the plane, the plane can't take off because they have no director to help them get from the ground to the air. 
And regardless of what your position is or what role you play in the church, it is very, very important. Now go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We see that Jesus called Peter and he said, I want to make you a fisher of men, which tells me that Jesus has something for Peter to do. God wants to use you in spite of your mistakes and your flaws. God wants to use you in spite. Everybody say in spite of. In spite of your mistakes and flaws, and most people allow the enemy and their past to talk them out of God using them. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, look in verse 58. All right, and here's the point if you want to write it down. God wants to use you in spite of your mistakes and in spite of your flaws. Watch this in verse 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye what? Steadfast. What's the next word? Unmovable. Always. Abounding in what? In the work of who? Now notice the key words in that verse. First of all, he said, therefore, brethren. So that means he's talking to any Christian. He said, Christian, be steadfast, be unmovable. What or who have you allowed to move you from doing what God wants you to do? Do you know sometimes we can allow the attitudes of other people to remove us from what God wants us to do? But he said here to be unmovable. And then he says, always abounding in the work of the Lord. That means I ought to always be doing something for God. Now watch this. Go to Titus chapter 2. Go to Titus. Just keep going forward. Titus chapter 2. Titus 2. If you find the book of 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, you'll find Titus. Titus chapter 2. We should have a zeal to work for God. You know, it's one thing to work for God with a, with a bad attitude. And it's another thing to work for God because you're excited. Have you ever had somebody and you're at the counter and they may be checking you out and they have a bad attitude? Yes. They act like they don't want to be at work. Yes. And see, I'm the type of person, I'll say something to you. Yes. See, I'm not just going to let you have a bad attitude on me. I'm going to let you know just in case you didn't that you were having a bad day. And I went up to Sprint to go, you know, something was wrong with my phone. And I went up to Sprint and this guy, you know, he was having a bad day. And so first I want to just, you know, because, you know, I know my weakness. My weakness is throwing coffee and, and, and going off. So first thing I said, I said, excuse me, sir, have I done anything to offend you? That's what I said. Have I done anything to offend you? Well, no. I said, so. Why is it that you're treating me bad like this? I said, because you, you're not having a good attitude. Well, people don't like you confronting them like that. See, most people won't say nothing. They just get their stuff and leave. I'm not like that. I'm a pastor. I want to help you. Where did I tell you to go? Titus chapter 2. I'll finish the story in a minute. Hold on. <laughs> Watch this. Titus chapter 2, look at verse 12. It says, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from our iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar or special people who should be zealous of what? So we ought to be zealous. But if you notice, it said that we're able to be zealous because he has cleansed us and purified us from iniquity. 
So your past has nothing to do with your present. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, my past has nothing to do with my present. Now go to Matthew chapter 26, because let me show you that what happened to Peter was progressive. Peter started out walking with Jesus. And then go to Matthew chapter 26. He started out walking with Jesus and Jesus asked him to become a fisher of men. And let's see what happened to Peter in Matthew 26. Look in verse 31. Now, here's the second point if you want to write this down. God already knows that sometimes our intentions are not going to match our actions. Have you ever said you're going to do something for God and you never did it? Have you ever focused your mind that I'm going to get involved in my church and then all of a sudden you got distracted? Well, God already knows that our intentions are not always going to match our actions. In Matthew chapter 26, look in verse 31. Watch this. I thought this was good. Uh, no, that's not what I want. Yeah, that's what I want. Matthew 26. What did I say? What verse? Okay, watch this. It says, then Jesus said unto them, all you shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I am risen again, I will go before you in Galilee. Here we go. Here's Peter. Check him out. Peter answered and said unto him, though all of them will be offended because of you, I will never be offended. Watch this. Then Jesus said unto him, verily this night. I mean, at least Jesus could have said tomorrow night. He said, Peter, before the night is out, you're going to deny me three times. Now, listen, my point is this. Sometimes our intentions don't always match our actions. And Peter did not intend to deny Jesus. He did not intend. His heart was going to do the right thing and and, and do all that. But sometimes our intentions don't match our actions. Now, watch this. Most people do not view God as their biggest cheerleader. And that's why they don't get involved with God. They don't view God as their biggest cheerleader. You know what they see God as? They see God up there counting every mistake they're making. I mean, God is not up there counting all the mistakes you're making. Oh, she just did that. Oh, he just did that. Oh, he just did that. No, God is up there cheering for us saying, you can do it. You can do it. Get up. You can do it. Get up. You can do it. Now, he'd say get up to a lot of us. He'd say more times than what he should. But at least he's telling us to get up. (laughs) He's not counting the things that we're doing wrong. And many people, because of their view of God, don't see that they are qualified to work in the kingdom. Now, go over to Romans chapter 8 very quickly. I'm getting ready to get into the good part. Romans chapter 8. My biggest sin, your biggest sin, or your worst decision you've ever made in your life does not have the power to separate you from the love of God and the grace that he has for you. Romans chapter 8. Your biggest sin. I want you to think about the biggest sin you've ever done. And let me just tell you a secret. While you're thinking about that sin, there is no big sin or little sin. Hello? You mean smoking weed is like cussing somebody out? Yes. You just cuss them out with a little higher mindset than others. There is no big or little sin to God. They're all the same. Now, there are consequences that are different for each sin. Okay? You know, and certain consequences, you know, have certain actions. And so, you know, you got to pick your sins. Okay, because if you pick the wrong ones, the, the, the penalty of sin, all of, watch this, all the penalty of sin, the scripture says the wages of sin is death. So all sin has a, pay, a payday coming. But some paychecks are just bigger than others. 
Now, to God, they're all the same. Now, watch this in Romans chapter 8. Regardless of what you've done, what you've done in your past, what you're going to do in your future, it doesn't matter. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Now, look in verse uh, 35. Watch what it says. It says, who can separate us from the love of God, from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, shall distress, shall that last bad decision I made, shall that divorce that I had? He says, as it is written, for your sake, we're killed all the day long. No, in all of these things, not only are we more than conquerors, through him that loved us. But watch this. He says up in the neck, in the verse before that. He said nothing shall separate us from the love of God. So regardless of what you've ever done in your past. Your past doesn't qualify you to not get involved in the kingdom of God. And I know that's all we focus on. And that's some of your problems. You focused on what you've done too much. To the point that that's all you talk about. You know why you haven't gotten over that last relationship you were in that wasn't good? Because that's all you talk about. You know, some of you all chat. You know, you had a chat lines and all you chat about is that man that left you or you left. Well, he's gone now. Just wave goodbye. Kiss him. Tell him it's been real and move on with your life. Because let me tell you a secret. God's got somebody better if they, had, if they didn't have enough sense to stay. Right. Did you hear what I said? Right. I said, God's got somebody better for you if they didn't have enough sense to stay. Now, don't go home and leave your husband or wife because I didn't say do that. <laughs> go to Jeremiah. Go to Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 31. Jeremiah 31. This is, to me, one of the biggest problems Christians have. They have added up their sins with a spiritual calculator and their sins add up so much they don't feel nothing they can do to wipe out the debt that they feel they owe God. Let me tell you something. You can't sit in enough confession booths and confess all your sins. That won't do it. The only what can wipe away my sins, nothing but the of Jesus. So why are you trying to work away your sin? And some of us, we, we famous, we punish ourselves. We punish ourselves. So we make ourselves feel bad so that we can feel good. Now, that makes no sense to me. Okay, if I feel bad long enough, then God will forgive me. Now, God's forgiven you, so stop making yourself feel bad. Now, watch this. Jeremiah, Jeremiah 31. Our inability to see God's love for us is what keeps us in bondage to ourselves. When you don't see God's love properly for yourself, it will keep you in bondage to yourself. Jeremiah 31, look at verse 3. It says, the Lord has appeared of old unto me, saying, yes, I have loved you. He has loved us. He loves me with what kind of love? With what kind of love? With an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have he drawn us. God has an everlasting love for us. So we can't allow the devil or anybody else to make us feel bad about anything that we've ever done in our life. Because if God accepts me, who are you not to? And here's the problem. Peter, in his life, you know what happened? He followed Jesus to become a fisher of men. Then all of a sudden, he found himself denying the Lord. 
Have you ever got on the track but start obeying God, and then you start backsliding? It was like you were moonwalking, you know? It looked like you was going forward, but you actually, you know, you're going backwards. Well, that's what happened to Peter. Peter started serving the Lord, and then he got caught up. And let's, so, so let's see what happened. Now, go, go over now to John chapter, go to, uh, go to John chapter 21. John chapter 21. Let's, let's finish the story about Peter real quick. John 21. Peter denies the Lord and allows his mistake to overtake. Peter denies the Lord and he allows his, watch this. Now, say this with me. Say, don't allow allow your mistake mistake to overtake. And see, that's what Peter did. He allowed his mistake to overtake him. And in John, watch this, chapter 21. Now, let me ask you a question. What did... God called Peter to do? To be a what? Fisher men. Let's see what happened. Because see, what happens is when we make mistakes, for whatever reason, we think the mistake disqualifies us. So we try to go back and do what we used to do instead of picking back up what we left off. In John 21, look in verse 1. It says, now on the first day of the week, watch this, this is so good. Uh, Mary Magdalene came early. Where am I? What did I say? John 21. I'm in reading John chapter 20. All right, here we go. After these things, Jesus showed himself to the disciples at the sea of Tiberias. And on the wise, he showed he, he himself. And they were, they were together with Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus. And Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee and the sons of Zebedee and the two other of his disciples. Simon Peter said unto them, watch this, watch this. Now, Peter has denied the Lord. He said unto them... Let's go fishing. Now, let me ask you a question. What were they doing before Jesus met them? Now, what did Jesus tell them he was going to make them? So what has happened between him being a fisher of men and now him going fishing again? He denied the Lord. In other words, he allowed one of his sins of the past to keep him from doing what Jesus told him to do. Well, let's see what happened. He said, now, let's go fishing. They said unto them, we also will go with you. So listen, when you're following God, when you're serving in the kingdom, your serving in the kingdom affects other people. Because here it was, now listen, some of you all, y'all, listen, it's funny. I've had visitors to come, and they were invited by their friend. Their friend and them come to church. They, the, the, watch this, the visitor, who is the friend's friend, ends up joining the church, and the friend just goes off and never comes back again. That's amazing to me. Okay, but watch this. Notice here. They said, okay, we're going to go fishing with you. Well, let's see what happened. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately. And that night, what did they catch? Nothing. They caught nothing. And you know why they didn't catch nothing? Because they weren't supposed to be fishing for fish. They were supposed to be fishing for men. But Peter does like most of us do. He disqualified himself. And felt that just because he denied Jesus that God didn't want him to still be a fisher of men. And I don't care what you've done in your life. I don't care if it's an abortion. I don't care if it's in a divorce. I don't care what you've gone through in your life. It does not disqualify. You cannot disqualify yourself. Only God can and God doesn't disqualify. The Bible says he loves us with an eternal love. And so watch this. They all went out to go fishing. And they caught nothing. Let's see what happened. 
Jesus shows up on the scene. Can you imagine people showing up when you want to feel bad? You know, you want to be by yourself. You want to be in a bad mood. And then here come this happy-go-lucky Jesus person. Praise the Lord. How you doing today? I don't want to hear that. Watch this. Look in verse 6. And he said unto them, Jesus shows up and says, cast your net on the right side of the ship. And then you'll find. They cast therefore, and now they were, able, were not even able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Therefore, that disciple that Jesus loved said unto Peter, is, it's the Lord. Now Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, and he girded up his fish's coat unto him, for he was naked. Man, I can't nothing wrong. I mean, he done really went off, ain't it? <laughs> he not only went back fishing, he fishing with no clothes on. So here's a point that I want you to see. Going back to your old ways, your old life, your old mindsets is never profitable. Peter tried to go back. He messed up. And see, some of you all, you, you stop coming to church. You say, well, if I go back, everybody going to ask me where, I'm, where I came. No, no they ain't because they didn't know you was missing. Now, some of them know you were missing, but see, that's the, that's the beauty of developing relationships in a church. At least there's some accountability. So if you show up missing, somebody can check on you and see how you're doing. But some of us are not close enough to nobody for them to know that we're missing. And if they did know that you're missing, they don't even have a phone number to call you because you haven't connected with them. Watch this. God never meant for our mistakes and challenges to overcome us, but for us to overcome them. The Bible says, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. So guess what? You may fall, but you're not a failure. That's a big difference. See, a failure is someone who failed and just didn't get up. Someone who failed is just falling. Okay? Now, watch this. Look at the rest of this. Look in John chapter 21. Let's jump down to verse 15. Because I want to, here's a clear question I want to clarify this morning. Did, Jesus, did Peter's denial of Jesus, did it disqualify him from being a fisher of men? Well, he felt it was. But let's see what Jesus did. Look in verse 15. So when they were dining, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, do you love me more than these? Now, I wonder if Jesus was asking him, do you love me more than these other disciples or do you love me more than these fish I just gave you? I think he was talking about the fish. And let me tell you why. Because the fish is the very thing that Peter went back to. When Jesus told him, nah, I'm going to make you fishes of men. But Peter loved those fish. And so Peter, he came to Jesus, Jesus came to him. He said, Peter, do you love me more than these? So guess what? God's call and purpose on our lives don't change just because we missed the mark. Did you hear what I said? I said, God's call on your life didn't change just because you messed up. Because can I tell you a secret? You're going to mess up. I'm going to mess up. But what I love is that we have an advocate with the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we confess our sin, God is faithful and just to restore us. And then this is what I like. It says to forgive us. Watch this. It says that he is faithful and just to forgive us for our sin. I can faithfully count on God forgiving me. Now, I may may not be able to faithfully count on you, but I can count on God faithfully forgiving me. And some of you all been wallowing. I'm talking to somebody. Listen, because this was not the message I had. In mind today. But some of you all are wallowing around in self-pity and in, in, in your mess. 
And God is saying, get up. It's over. It's done. Move on. But you're stuck. So watch this. He asked him, do you love me more than these? And he said unto him, yes, Lord. You know I love you. And then what did Jesus told him to do? Feed my lambs. Feed my people. Feed my sheep. Because I made you a fish of men. But I noticed something interesting out of this. Jesus asked Peter that three times. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. First time he said, feed my lambs, which means the little bitty ones. Then he said, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Then he asked him again, feed my sheep, to the point where Peter got irritated and said, look, you know if I love you or not. Just tell me, do I love you? <laughs> you know, it's, it's like in a relationship. You keep asking, do you love me? Do you love me? Hey, I told you that yesterday. <laughs> but I noticed something very different about that passage. What Jesus was saying and what Peter was saying was two different loves. Peter was at, Jesus was asking Peter, do you agape me? Do you love me unconditionally? Do you love me unacceptably? Do you love me? And what Peter's answer was, he said, you know I love you, but Peter's love wasn't agape. He was saying, you know I'm your friend. That's right. Come on, man. Come on. His love was filio. That's a word. And so watch this. Peter's love for Jesus, it was conditional because he didn't think. So watch this. You love people based on how you think they love you. Watch this. And watch this. Watch this. Watch this. And you think people love you the way you think they... Let me just put it like this. Most of us, we view people how we view ourselves. So if we don't accept ourselves, we really don't expect people to accept us. And so what Jesus did, he said, do you love me with agape love? And Peter said, I love you with friendship love. And then so Peter, Jesus asked him again. He said, do you love me? And Peter said, yeah, I love you. But he was saying, but I love you as a friend. But then watch what happened. And let's close with this passage right here. And I thought this was so wonderful. Look in verse 17. He said unto him the third time. Everybody say the third time. Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Look what Jesus did. Jesus now came down to Peter's level. Because the love Jesus asked that time was the same love Peter had been saying he loved him with. He said, Peter, do you love me as a friend? And what Jesus was doing was helping Peter see that I know you don't see yourself being able to love me like that because you messed up. So I'm going to come down to where you are and say, okay, Peter, I know you love me as a friend. Do you love me as a friend? Because that's the love that Jesus used the third time. The first two times he used agape love. But the second, third time he used filio love. And he was wanting uh, Peter to see that Peter, I, I know exactly where you come from. I know you don't feel that you're worthy. I know that you feel you failed me. And I know you think you can't love me at the level you thought you were loving me at first. But I want you to know, Peter, that love as a friend is still important to me. And he said, do you love me like a friend? And then that's when he went on to say, watch this. Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, do you love me? And then the Lord said unto him, uh, he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And he said, feed my sheep. What's the point? Whatever love you have for God right now is enough to get you started to do what God wants you to do. Don't try to wait till your life is 100% together before you say, see, some of us, we're too afraid that people are going to see our flaws. Let me tell you something. The church is nothing but a big spiritual hospital. That's all it is. Everybody in here are going to have flaws. And so if you came in thinking, because here's the thing. 
we expect the people in the church to be perfect, but we not. Isn't that amazing? And so that's why many of us get offended. And so when something happened that's negative that you don't like, it's like, well, I'm going to leave that church. Well, did you expect them to be perfect? Because if you did, it messed up when you got there. But the bottom line is this. God wants to use you right where you are. Whatever level of love you have for God is okay. Love is, is designed to grow. Do you know I love God more now than I did when I first started? So you got to start right here today. With every head bowed and every eye closed. You might be here today and you've disqualified yourself. You say, well, you know what, I've messed up so much.